Welcome to the Fused Fitness Formula, where we share information and motivation from people just like you, our coaches, and medical and fitness professionals, so that you can have all the tools you need to create healthy habits that fit into your lifestyle and set you up for success. Hey, Fit Fam, welcome to another episode of the Fused Fitness Formula. And when I say another episode, Matt is actually the first person that I'm bringing back on the show since the last time I've had a show, which is over a year. So I want to give Matt a warm welcome and thank him for being the person that we are kicking off this podcast with again. um, Matt is Probably the perfect person to do it with um, one reason, because he's running the 2022 Boston Marathon, which is right around the corner. And also because um, Matt's just a really awesome member, an awesome person that we have in our FitFam who is really a high achiever. And so if, you know, we want to achieve high in the podcast, we got to have Matt to, to bring us back. So welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you so much for doing this with us. Oh, thank you for having me. I am humbled by your introduction, and I am really happy to be a part of it. So thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk about your journey. Obviously, um, you know, when you started coming over over a year ago, um, you had already started your wellness journey and your transformation. But um, I knew right away that you you were going to be great with our programming, great with our atmosphere. And um, I could just tell by your work ethic in workouts that you were really driven. And I love working with people like that because sometimes it feels like, you know, fitness can be a chore. Working out can be a chore. So that was really cool. Um, I want to definitely, I want people to know more about your backstory because it's really been, I mean, probably like a year and a half that you really made the commitment to make a change and you've had such, such an amazing transformation in such a short period of time. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I when I joined Fused Fit, I had already lost um, quite a bit of weight through the start of 2020 when I had resolved to myself that I was going to try and get in shape. And this was before the pandemic. It was kind of the cliche New Year's resolution where, oh, I'll drop 20 or 30 pounds and I'm going to do that through a number of different number of different strategies. And one of them was intermittent fasting. But exercise really at the time wasn't one of the big aspects of my, my uh, plan. I, I just planned on trying to eat better and trying to eat during really prescribed periods of time. And I lost probably like 10 pounds the first three months of 2020. And then March happened and the pandemic took hold. And we all stopped going into the office, at least physically. And I had more time because I wasn't traveling for my job. I wasn't commuting into work. So I decided to exercise. And that was something I had picked up, you know, 20, 20 years ago, like I was exercising when I was in my 20s and 30s. But like I had lost the rhythm of fitness long ago. And I hadn't prioritized. And all of a sudden, I had this wealth of time in my hands. And I was like, what if I try exercising three or four times a week and add that to my, to my newfound like, you know, journey in, in terms of my diet and exercise? And it was incredible because I really like started to 
lose weight more quickly and get in shape. And I started to discover I had muscles I never, I never knew I had. And then all of a sudden, I wanted a new challenge come the fall of 2020. And that's where I, I was like, you know what? Let me see if there's a gym that, that would work for me that had like a smaller, like more intimate way of approaching um, like training sessions because I really wasn't all that interested in going to a big gym with, with, um, with like having to come up with my own routine because I had been doing like virtual workouts for so long. So that's where I discovered you and, and the Fuse Fit family. And it uh, fit really perfect for me because I was able to like come a couple times a week and in a smaller group in an intimate environment and like add to, to my routine, which I had already started, you know, during the pandemic. So it was, it was a good fit for me. Yeah, no, it was perfect with what you were doing at the time. Uh, a lot of like high intensity workouts, which is great to help you reach your goals and then balancing it out with more of the functional and strength training approach that we do. Now, what kind of made you decide that you wanted to lose weight in January 2020? I mean, you could have done it, you know, January 2019. You could have done it 20 years ago. Why did you decide January 2020? Like, all right, this is my time for me to lose weight. Well, I had already been put on cholesterol medicine, blood pressure medicine. Um, my doctor had already spent a disproportionate amount of time lecturing me about uh, the state of my health and telling me I needed to, to, to make a lifestyle change. But the thing that really, and this was over the course of three or four years um, where I started, next thing you knew, I was on medications that I never thought I would be on. And I was undergoing some tests for some issues I was having with my vocal cords. Um, I actually had a frozen vocal cord, which is really scary because they had no clue what created this issue. And it was really hard for me to talk and project my voice. It was a real, real issue for me in meetings. And in 2018, I started to go to a specialist to, to figure out what the heck was, was happening with my voice. And during that period of time, long story short, they did like a, um, an MRI on my neck and they discovered that I had a partial blockage in my carotid artery wow. due, to, due to cholesterol buildup. So I was already aware of the fact that I had a, an issue with my lifestyle. Like I was making bad decisions with respect to eating and not exercising. But now I like could see the fact that like this was real. Like this, this was the main artery to my heart, you know, and to my brain. And I was like in need of change. So that's what really motivated me in 2019 to like hit the ground running in 2020. No pun intended, but that's honestly crazy. I don't think I knew. I don't think I knew that. I mean, and even when we did the fundraiser for the marathon, um, you did mention that you were on cholesterol meds and you mentioned that you have a health scare, but I didn't realize that that's what it was. That's really, that's, that's a wake up call right there. It was a wake up call. And my doctor, like I, I could tell there was a difference between the, the annual scoldings I would get and, and the discussion she was having with me after these test results came back. And this was more like, it's time for you to like change your lifestyle because the next thing is an invasive um, maneuver to ensure that there's not a blockage or a stroke, you, you're, you don't become a stroke risk. And this is, this is like a blessing in disguise 
because I would have gone how many more years before this was completely not related to anything having to do with my carotid artery. It just happened to be what they saw on the scan. And I just got lucky. And I think that's, that's what happens with a lot of these procedures is they discover something else and it's not even what they're looking for primarily. So for me, that was, uh, like I said, it was a gift because I was able to take that and finally make change. But it took me a long time to get there. I mean, people see me now in the environment, like when we're working out and they're like, oh, this just must be like who you are. And I'm like, no, like two years ago, I wasn't like this at all. Mm -hmm. Like this is totally not what I was about. I just capitalized on the momentum I got through working out to make change and, and, you know, keep it going. Yeah, no, that's so cool. I mean, like I said, I had told you that people after seeing your before and after picture and, and reading some of your story were like left and right, like, oh my God, I didn't even know that that was like, that was like an old version of Matt or, oh my God, I had no idea. That's so inspiring to see that, to see that change because the reality is we're all really capable of it and whatever you're your why is to get you started and to keep you going it's obviously going to change from person to person but everyone can do it if they really they really want to and it doesn't have to be they could bring what they want to the table to make that happen one of the things that you started doing too that I wanted to talk about was um, transcendental meditation and I feel like meditation is such a big component that just doesn't get talked about enough like I know people do talk about it but I feel like in terms of um, transformation, it's always, there's a constant focus on like what we're eating, how we're exercising and things like meditation or, you know, just um, recovery modalities. Like I know that you're big into getting massages or doing something like cryo, whatever it is, like just taking care of your body outside of just um, eating right. And also fitness. Can you tell me a little bit more about um, why you decided, well, actually, (laughs) Can you tell me about what Transcendental or TM, Transcendental Meditation is and why you decided to do it? Yeah, I, I um, decided that part of my routine had to be finding some stillness in my life. I am wired all the time. And it's just part of my personality to always be moving or be thinking about my next move. So I'm either mentally in, in movement or physically in movement. And I find that I have a very hard time living in the present. And my mind is either thinking about what needs to be done or thinking about what I didn't do uh, in the past that I should have done instead of being in the present. And I had done a lot of research on transcendental meditation and I had heard some wonderful things about it. So as part of this reboot, this 2020 reboot, my, myself spiritually and physically and, and emotionally, I decided to take a class in, in Manhattan, uh, a TM class. And, and this was bef- just before the pandemic. So we were able to do it in person. And I loved the, the um, simplicity of it. I still love the simplicity of it. It's 20 minutes twice a day. Just find a nice, easy seat, sit down quietly and repeat your mantra. And that's it. You can do it on the train. You can do it at home. And you could do it in the office if you could find a quiet space. It really doesn't require anything elaborate or a setting 
you know, on the beach, by the ocean, you can do it anywhere. It's very practical. And for me, that was important. Practicality was important. 20 minutes twice a day, I wasn't always going to be in a position to find the perfect scenario where I could meditate. I didn't want an excuse not to do it. And I think TM allows for that kind of simplicity in terms of its practice. And for me, it just allowed me to find some stillness in the course of my day. And I always tell people like, some days I have deeper meditations than others, but I try not to look at them subjectively and judge the quality of my meditation. Did I sit down? Did I do it twice a day? If the answer is yes, then it was a success. Does it mean every day I find some deep spiritual moment? Maybe not, because sometimes I cannot shut my brain off. Right. Just some days it's very difficult for me. But that's not the point. The point isn't to sit here and judge whether or not the quality of my meditation is, is, is wonderful. The point is I found that stillness in my day that I wouldn't have otherwise found. And for me, that's been it's been really, really groundbreaking. That's awesome, Matt. Like I, so I did it too. So I think we've talked about this before. I, when I say I did it, there, you have to go to a class and, and learn about it, learn your specific mantra. And um, I love what you said about being subjective because I found myself judging my, the quality of my meditations at one point. Like in the beginning, I was getting into a very deep state. I would wake up from, a, from doing the full-on meditation feeling like I slept the entire night. Like it was very moving. And like I just knew I was in – I don't know, maybe you can call it a different dimension, but I was not in my body anymore. And, um, and then like, you know, the more frequently I I did it, I was getting into that state less and less. And then I kind of honestly just like left the practice, which is fine. I don't think that, you know, you need to stick to any one thing. You just need to find what works for you at any given point in time. I think it's really good for someone like you. And this is just, (laughs) this is my opinion. I'm just giving you my opinion. I think it's like, it's, it's very, it's never stopped you before Alina. No, it has not. So, <laughs> and it won't in the future. So, um, it's very structured, and I feel like that's really good for you to have that. Like you said, twenty minutes in the morning, twenty minutes in the evening, and I could see that. Like knowing that you have that as someone who is really, um, I feel like you work well with structure and with like knowing you have this task to do. I imagine, and so like that's probably a really good fit for you. Yeah, there's no doubt I'm a creature of routine, and one of my strengths is discipline. I'm, I'm disciplined, and I think that's part of the reason I was able to, once I bear down on something and commit to it, I'm going to do it. It just can take me a while to get there. Yeah. But once I'm, I'm going to do it, I'll do it, and I'll do it, you know, more often than not, I'll do it well. And for me, knowing the routine is part of the secret for success. And if, if I'm sporadic with my practice, if, if I'm not consistent, then it's going to slip away from me. And I, so that, that continuity really helps me build a practice that's sustainable. And that's, that's the exercise thing too. I mean, it's the same way. I don't love to take days off because part of me in the back of my head says, that's how you start to take weeks off. You take days off and you take months off and you take years off. So, you know, part of that is the obsessiveness. I'll, I'll admit it, but, but it works to my advantage. I just have to be easy on myself sometimes and I have to keep that in mind. I think that's a huge point for anyone listening to take away from is just knowing yourself, like knowing how you operate, knowing it, just being really aware of your 
like you just said, your strengths or even the, the things that maybe make you procrastinate or stop you in your tracks or, and even so much as those like little thoughts that the negative thoughts that we all have that creep up that are like, you're not, if you take this day off, you're never going to, you know, that's going to snowball into your life. And then you're going to end up right back where you were. And that's a, that's very natural. And I think that people, instead of like becoming friends with that thought or those, those thoughts, not just that one, I think that that prevents a lot of people from taking action period. When the reality is it's like, you can definitely start somewhere and just be on more days than not, but building up the confidence in ourselves to realize that it's, it's literally a marathon. It's not a sprint and you have to just be on more days than you're off and it's okay to miss a day. You're not going to end up where you were because you were really uncomfortable there. This is your new norm. And that's really cool. I really, I, I love that, um, that you just shared that. Cause then that's a, a big re- reflection point on human behavior, I think, and thoughts and things that I see all the time with people. I think people are so scared to make a commitment to change and then quote unquote give up and then use that quote unquote giving up as ammo for the next time they go to make a change telling themselves that they couldn't do it last time. So they're not going to be able to do it again when it's like, no, things get in the way. Life gets in the way. But the fact that you're back on the horse is way better than not even trying at all. So thanks for sharing that. Well, for me, the metamorphosis came about when I adopted these changes as part of my lifestyle and not a hobby. And, and that's not, that's not to speak pejoratively about anybody that does exercise as a hobby. That's not my point because I have a career and it has nothing to do with exercise. My point is I had to integrate my diet, my exercise into all aspects of my life for it to really stick. And that's what's kept me on a path of, of um, continuity and consistency and continuing to challenge myself is I don't separate myself anymore from changes. And to me, that's what it takes because if this is a part-time gig for me, and when I say part-time, like not living, which I've adopted, I I'll go off the beam and I'll, you know, definitely take time off and not exercise and not do the things I need to do to stay as fit as I am. And that's just what I need. Everybody mm-hmm. needs something different. Right. You know? Exactly. And I, I discovered the first groundbreaking discovery for me was when I gave up alcohol in, in 2014. So I'm been sober for eight years. And that was the binary change in my life that like there isn't I drink or I don't there's there's I drink or I don't drink there isn't I drink a little or there isn't I drink every once in a while there's I don't drink period for me that's the type of for for alcohol and any substance I needed to make the decision for myself eight years ago that it was just going to be part of my life and I was going to embrace it and it took me like six years to figure out the same thing with exercise but it's absolutely the same formula like there's no, like, this is going to be part of who I am and part of the foundation of my life. And I, I really, I, I, I'm so glad I made that decision because it complements my sobriety so well. Mm-hmm. Um, being, being fit 
and being excited about how I feel and how I look and, and, and the changes in my life I've made fits really well with somebody that doesn't drink alcohol. It just, for me, it really works well because the two are complementary. I never have to worry about waking up on a Saturday morning for your eight o'clock class and being hungover ever. Like it's not a problem. So I love that. And it's created this kind of positive momentum that um, I hope will continue for the rest of my life. Definitely. It's like this um, kind of like character that you're creating for yourself in a way. Like this is who I am and this is, and it's not just what I do. It's who I am. And that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, I had to reinvent the way I was because <clears throat> like every part of my life um, for, for so many years, including when I was growing up was built around like alcohol, like St. Patrick's day was just yesterday. And like, that was a day where I would go out and I would drink because well, that's what you did. Like when people celebrated an achievement, they drank. When people died, they drank at, at the, you know, after the funeral, everybody got together. And, this was what I grew up with. This is what I knew. And this was my, this was my life. It was part of the fabric of my life. And at some point when I realized that I had to detach myself from that, I needed to figure out a different way to, to like create positive energy and it took me a few years but finally it was kind of exercise that allowed me to tap into that that like other side of my personality that I really hadn't explored before so this is all part of a journey that really did start eight years ago it just took me a while to incorporate fitness and spirituality in the form of meditation and things like that into my routine but I'm glad I got there yeah I always say to people that I you know that I know that are sober and like you know and recovering or whatever is like you like you that's one of the hardest things that anyone could do and and it's it's really it's sad that there's so much shame around it like if you're making that choice for whatever drove you to make that choice but it's literally one of the hardest things you can do because at a certain point your physiology is dependent on an outside substance and for you mentally to say no more, whatever it takes you to get there and not just say no more one time, but every single, every single day or every single time something comes up where you're going back to that old, like you said, it's a, like a part of a pattern to say no to that. It's not, it's not easy. So that's one of the hardest things you could do. Did you find that deciding to stop drinking was harder for you or easier than starting to incorporate uh, more wellness into your life? Stop, stopping um, drinking was the hardest thing I've done in my life, period. Because virtually every social circle I had created, I had created with alcohol is a big component of it. That's not to say my friends were only my friends when I was drinking, but all of the social aspects uh, or virtually all of the social aspects of our um, time together were spent drinking. It doesn't mean we were getting drunk every time, but we were drinking. And the same with work. Like when I would go to a social engagement or I was out at a conference or I was on a plane in business class flying overseas for 12 hours, I would drink. And to have to make the decision to no longer do that was a strain on so many aspects of my life. I had to totally reinvent the way I saw myself and the way I interacted with others in the social setting, in a business context, 
And it was supremely uncomfortable, supremely uncomfortable. And it took me back to the days before I drank. Like I felt like I was a teenager again. Like how do I interact with people without a drink in my hand? It was, it was a really, and and people that have been through this, um, whether it's removing drugs or alcohol from their life will have similar stories. It, It really does require kind of a, a different way in which you view the world and social situations. And eventually you get there. The question is, do you have the support system in place to stay sober long enough to get the momentum to keep it sustainable? Because that's what, that's, what's hard, you know, and, and luckily I'm blessed to be sober eight years, but some people never get there and it's hard. It's a very, very hard thing. It's so much harder than incorporating fitness. Fitness was like the cherry on top of the Sunday. That's I, like, like I, I just said earlier, like, you know, physiologically, but you're so right. Like think, thinking about, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to literally like fathom this experience and what that's like. And like, luckily not a lot of my friends engage in that. They, I mean, I used to, and they used to, um, a lot, but it's, so it's, I can't imagine like, you know, like you said, you're literally recreating yourself and you're doing it in a way that's like, like, I'm just imagining like being a kid playing sports and like being that last kid that's picked like you don't know you're like nervous to see like will people still like me if I'm not this person that I am when I'm drinking and like that's enough to make somebody want to drink right there but that's awesome that you eight years strong good for you Matt yeah it's and it's funny because the first few years I think my friends were waiting for me to come back in the fold (laughs) as the guy that drank again it took them a while to realize that, that that's not happening. And I used to feel like I was at my own funeral. They used to tell stories about when I would drink and, you know, all the fun we would have together. And, and I'd be like, yeah, I, I know. But there was a lot of bad things that happened, too, that you may or may not have witnessed as part of that whole, like, journey um, that I had with, with substances. So for me, like, it was literally every time I would see a close group of friends, like, a, like we were mourning the, the person that used to be, that used to drink. So that made it hard. Now, of course, like, I've got all kinds of memories of me sober with my friends over the last many years, which is great. But it took a while to get over that hump. Like, you start to, you, you literally have to reinvent uh, who you are um, to a certain extent, or at least dig deep and find that person that that's in there. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it's quite an experience and it's one that I really like helping other recovering alcoholics with, because I think it takes one to know one, you know, and, and that's, that's a life experience. Not everybody, not everybody can, um, relate to. For sure. No. And, and people probably, need someone like that, need someone like you to, like you said, your support system is everything and um, having an impact on somebody in that way with some, with something that has such a gripe over you is really incredible. So, I mean, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Like I said earlier as well, I think that there's so much shame around, you know, alcoholism and substance abuse. And it's, it's a shame that there's shame around it because it could happen to anybody, you know, like it really could. And there's like a stigma around it. And it makes me like me as like somebody who, I don't know, it just, it, it's, 
kind of sad, you know, and not, in a not to say like, you know, I don't know. I think, you know, the, the place that I'm coming from, but not anyone who's listening would know that. I just think it's unfortunate because I think that there's so much to learn from people who went through that experience or who are going through that experience. So I think as a society though, we've come a long way in terms of grappling with that. Um, both in terms of mental health and addiction, like we're in a better place than we were 10 years ago. And I think, yes, it still can be stigmatized and yes, it's still definitely difficult to talk about in certain contexts, but I think it's becoming more acceptable to share your vulnerability of vulnerability with other people because it's, it's just becoming more widespread. The fact that people are willing to talk about it. And I think that's a great thing because there's so many people out there that have a problem that are ashamed and not willing to talk about it and not able to talk about it. So the more freely we're able to share, I think the more likely it is that somebody that can identify will step up and say, you know what? I totally get that story and I totally have a problem and need help. So until you come out of the shadows and are willing to talk about it, it makes it hard for the people that are seeking help that, that don't know where to go. So I think you have to talk about it. I think it has to be part of how we destigmatize these difficult conversations so that people that, that aren't ready to take the first step, take it. Otherwise yeah. it's difficult. Yeah. Just normalizing it, right? Like normalizing it, the, the behavior, the pattern, it's like, you know, whatever your why is, you know, it doesn't have to be the same, like what brought you to this point, but you know, what you're experiencing is, is, is normal to some, you know, like, to some and and to others like something else is normal and so like anything that we are kind of experiencing just normalizing it and doing that through speaking about it and you're so spot on I think that we're living in a world right now that we're able to do that more without without as many stigma so that's good yeah absolutely I mean it's it there's so much more empathy for people that are challenged with addiction um and of any kind. And I, I just think hopefully that path continues. Hopefully that awareness continues. And, um, and that's just, that's part of what I, 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 part of my journey is to help other alcoholics uh, cope with this um, disease, you know, and, and, and I want that to be part of my life journey as well. Just, just like I think I can help people um, find some inspiration through fitness and, and, and through my journey there. I mean, these are all positive things that are making me a stronger human being. And I think there's hopefully some inspiration in there for other people. Yeah. I mean, if you want to impact more people, Matt, you have to post more on social media. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but you, <laughs> you do. I, I, I'm uh... <laughs> not sure. I'm not sure it's entirely incorrect because that's, that's at scale, the way you get reach the most people. It's just, you know, you got to talk about yourself and uh, you know, that's not easy. It's not easy. It's definitely not easy. It's taken me years to do and I still get uncomfortable. And I don't believe that social media is the only way. I'm just pulling your leg because I know from our conversations, obviously, um, and talks around the the marathon that you're running, like how you said it's made you uncomfortable. So, and it is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to talk about yourself on a platform. It's like, because you're not actually talking to people. They're either like seeing what you're sharing. So it's like, it's not conversational so much as it is like here like matter of fact and then like people interacting with it if it resonates with them so well it's two things in my case it's one 
I, I always kid like nobody really cares like how much you run. I mean, who only another marathoner or runner cares about how much you run. So not only do I have to talk about something that a lot of people just don't care about, but I have to ask them to donate money too for, for the, the cause which I'm running, the Cam Nilly Foundation. And for me, like both of those things make me uncomfortable. But I've realized through this, through this process the last few months that some people are really inspired by the fact I'm running a marathon for charity. Like instead of, I, I took such a mental, I took such a negative mental um, approach entering this whole process. It was like, I'm just going to talk about myself. People will be annoyed. They're going to mute my posts. They're going to be like, here he comes again asking for money. Doesn't he know it's a global pandemic and that like, you know, why would we give to a charity, you know? But what I found is that there's a certain subgroup that are inspired by it. And they're inspired to get in shape and they're inspired to maybe run their own 5K or 10K or half marathon. Like I'm hearing this from people who are my friends and relatives, like asking me for advice, like how did you start running again? Or what do you recommend if I want to go from a couch to a 5K? And that's when I realized like, hey, maybe the social media thing isn't all bad. Like Mm. that's a story I wouldn't have gotten out without it. And it's allowed me to to do it now is it uncomfortable and are there people that have muted my posts absolutely there is but like that's part of how it works like for for every two or three people that are really compelled by your story sure there may be one or two that aren't but what about those two or three that you wouldn't have reached so i'm trying to like change change my my frame of mind on this and embrace it a little bit more because i don't have a choice but because also i think I've seen some positive interactions come out of it. And that's exciting. That is cool. So, I mean, anything that makes us uncomfortable usually makes us grow. So, you know, that's great because like you said, those two or three people that you did inspire and who knows what impact that could have on their lives. It's the ripple effect ultimately, you know, then they start running and they start feeling better. Then they start treating their loved ones better. They start running and they start feeling better and their health gets better. Whatever it is, it's, it's always like nice to know, even if it's two people or three people, it's two or three people that you wouldn't have helped without putting yourself out there. Yeah, it's wonderful. And it, it, it makes me feel good because it's not something without the charitable aspect of it. There's no way I would be on social media talking about my marathon journey. I just wouldn't be. Um, and it was the charitable aspect started for me kind of as a means to run the marathon because to run Boston, you either have to qualify or you have to get a bib through a, mar- through a charity. And I obviously didn't qualify. I didn't try to qualify. And I ran through the Cam Neely foundation. They, they took me on as one of their, their ambassadors to, to, to get the bib. So at, at the start, it was a means to an end. And then like a few weeks into it, I was so competitive about the fundraising that like that that was the main reason I was running the marathon. Somehow these two things became intertwined. And I was like, wow, like this is why you do it. Like you start thinking I'm going to run the marathon and then somewhere along the way it becomes more about the fundraising. And that's a really cool metamorphosis because I didn't go into it thinking that. I'm just being honest. I went in selfishly thinking I get to run the Boston Marathon and this is how I'm going to do it. And then – Early on in, in the journey, it was like, no, wait a second. You're going to raise this money for this kick-ass charity. And 
finish the marathon, yes, that's going to be part of it. But what you're really going to take away from this is the philanthropic journey of raising money for this, for this great charity. And for me, like, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> like, that, that was something I didn't expect. And I've really enjoyed that part of the, the process. That's really cool. I was um, having this conversation earlier with someone about like the reason why usually you start something isn't the reason why you, you keep doing it. I mean, obviously, you would keep through doing this and see this through. But the fact that you found another why in your initial why, and it doesn't mean that you still don't want to do it for you. It's just a matter of like, it changing and shifting. And that's part of the process. I think people would love to still donate if they're still able to, how would they do that? Yeah, I mean, uh, you, maybe there's a way we can post the link, Alina, to let them know where to, where to um, go. But it's the Cam Neely Foundation. Um, I'm sure they can find my name uh, under Give and Gain. Give and Gain is the website that um, takes all the donations. And we actually um, were lucky enough yesterday on St. Patrick's Day to uh, – I hit my fundraising target 30 days – from the the marathon, which I never in my wildest dreams would have guessed I would have would have been able to achieve. So I'm so thankful for the people that donated and supported me, including Fused Fit, who was awesome and totally came through um, in a big, big way. But here's the deal. I want to be the number one fundraiser of the 19 people on my team. Right now, I am number one on the fundraising side. And I want to keep that streak going. So I want to keep um, the donations coming all the way until the marathon. So I'm really excited to, to be the top um, fundraiser for, for team Cam Neely. And, and that is also something I didn't expect to have happen. So I'm, I'm really thrilled about that as well, because, you know, I'm a little bit competitive, so it brings out my competitive <laughs> side, right? Yes. <laughs> like who wouldn't want to be the number one fundraiser for their charity team. That's awesome. Anyone who has worked out with you knows how competitive you are. And that's awesome. And just like the high achieverness in you. Um, but yeah, seriously, the, the fit fam came through really strong on that. And I know that there's still, there's still more in the tank and whether it's from the fit fam, your fellow high achievers or anyone else who's listening that feels inspired to, um, to donate to this cause and to you running the marathon. I mean, what I know, I know why you decided to do the marathon, but why don't you just tell people really quick why? And then, um, and then we're going to wrap up with some of my favorite type of questions. So. Sure. I ran uh, the New York marathon 19 years ago uh, when I was 30 years old, 29 years old to be exact. Uh, And I decided at that time I'm going to run Boston because I'm a native I'm a native uh, Bostonian and I always wanted to run Boston and well, I had planned on doing it. And well, 19 years later, I finally got in good enough shape where I could like re reimagine the, the potential for that to happen. And I actually probably went to the gym one day last year and saw you guys and said, Hey, am I crazy to think that I might want to run Boston next year? And you guys were all like, yeah, do it, go for it. Um, so I signed up for the Cam Neely Foundation and uh, got accepted to the charity, and um, the rest is history. So, so this is like a 19-year dream in the making. So I'm really, really excited to – so it'll be my second marathon, but my first in two decades, which is kind of wild if you think about it. Um, what I think is really cool is, like you just said, uh, 
your dream of 19 years. Like who holds on for a dream for 19 years? Usually people are like, nah, that ship has sailed. So that's really cool. Oh, it did. It did sail many, many times. In yeah, but it came years. back. But it came, <laughs> but it came back to the to the port to the harbor. So it's yeah, all exactly. Good. That's all good. And now, you, like I think you said, you you know, in in class at some point that you feel stronger and more confident now than you did nineteen, twenty years ago. Oh, I'm definitely in better shape, and uh, I I I tell this to my kids as well that like. I'm in better shape now than I was when I was in my 20s and 30s. And it's not that at some point during that time frame, I wasn't in shape. It's just, I think I've adopted a much more well-rounded routine. I think I just used to run or maybe do the elliptical trainer. So it was really cardio heavy. But with your help and the help of, you know, Fused Fit, I've been able to integrate a lot more weight training into it. So I think I'm just more well-rounded now. You know, I'm going to have to go back to some of that after I complete the marathon because I'm really specializing in running these days for obvious reasons. But that's but that's okay because that's that's what it takes to to do 26.2 miles. But I think that um that's the biggest difference between me now and two decades ago was that I'm just I'm just continually trying new things to challenge myself physically. And 20 years ago, I was just I was just really focused on just doing cardio, and I think that's that's changed and that's been great for my fitness i'm i if, if you didn't plug us i would have plugged us for us so thanks for bringing through the plug. oh it came i came, it came so naturally no it did i'm glad because i would have been like well the the main difference matt is us like fuse fitness is the main difference but um no it's it's great that you decided to make a change period you know with the zoom classes in the beginning of the pandemic or you know when it when everything shut down and, and now you're just seeing such a difference in yourself and that's what it takes. I tell people all the time, like try different things, you know, try different workouts, see what you like, not every, and see what's going to get you the results that you want, because it's not always the same answer for all of those goals, you know? So, all right. Last three questions I want to ask you. They're like icebreaker ask questions. You know, I love a good icebreaker. So, First question is, what has been your biggest accomplishment since joining Fused? Good question. I think my biggest accomplishment was making it through your birthday hit workout. (laughs) Um, The 30 years, 30 exercises, 30 reps of 30 exercises, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And uh, I... I tell you what, I was at the peak of my powers that day. I felt really good to the point where you were like bringing over heavier kettlebells and putting them next to me so that that I'd be more challenged. But in all sincerity, that was like, that was awesome. I like totally enjoyed that. I also totally enjoyed watching everybody around me doing it. Like it was just, it was just a great way to celebrate your birthday. So you're just going to have to do that like every year. I was thinking about that literally earlier, maybe today or like earlier this week where I was like, you know, I I think I'm going to have to do that like every year now. And then for your next big birthday, we're going to have to do that too. Like that's a, that's a given. Like when you hit the next decade, we have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. But is that code for 50? You're trying to be kind to me, I think. I know. I don't don't know why what came over me. Your story was so moving. I'm trying to be nice right now. Yeah, no, that was so good. That was such a, that was, um, we all kind of like suffer a little bit together that day. So that was nice. 
Um, the next question is, what is your favorite song to work out to? Oh, that is a great question. Uh, right now, I'm like running 40 miles a week. So if you do the math on that, that's like a lot of time alone. And that's a lot of time with music. And I need like upbeat music to motivate me when I'm running like three or four hours literally at a time because I'm like really doing some of the longest runs of my training now, like 18 miles, 20 miles. Tomorrow's 22 miles. Wow. So uh, as cheesy as it sounds, you know, I do whip out a lot of Survivor, a lot of uh, Burning Heart, Eye of the Tiger, you know, Rocky Montage, Rocky Four Montage, like I'm training in Siberia, you know, that type of thing, like yeah. running, th- running through the snow because literally that's what I've been doing for the last three months. So, yeah, I dig deep. There's a lot of 80s on there, but um, I've got a pretty I've got a pretty good playlist. But I, I need to find like upbeat stuff that that like appeals to me when I'm running because it's a completely different playlist when I'm lifting weights. That's the funny part. Like I would go like more to the Eminem, uh, you know pop side of things maybe when i'm like lifting but when i'm running it's like i want upbeat like cheesy music i don't know that's just me that's awesome no that's so cool um like i i kind of thought maybe you'd listen to like the david goggins book on repeat or something (laughs) to get you through yeah i usually need music i usually need music i've tried everything when i had to do my 15 now a 15 mile run on a treadmill i tried netflix i couldn't get through it i couldn't get through like one episode of ozark like I, there's something about like music that's just that that works for me i've tried podcasts i've tried like i said netflix when i'm on a treadmill but i always default to music that's my that's my go-to cool all right last question if you had an alter ego what would it be and why alter ego yeah oh that's a tough one what's your alter ego alina oh that's a good one um what is my alter ego i had a really good one the other day oh okay i i dubbed it the bougie gypsy because i like (laughs) the finer things in life but i also like i also like exploration and travel and um, it's funny because there's like nothing fitness related about that, but that's definitely <laughs> that's definitely who I am when I'm not at the gym. Interesting. I uh, I would not have guessed that necessarily. Bougie. I wouldn't have used bougie and you in the same sentence necessarily. That's interesting. Okay. All right. So I mean, I'm always open to feedback, you know. <laughs> but so if you have another word to describe it, I think I'm just you know like I think of like a gypsy and I think of more like I don't know like like grungy and not that I'm not like you know, I love, I love my nature stuff, but this isn't about me. I don't know how this came about me. This well, that's, about that you. was my deflection tactic that worked like really, really well. Like, oh you, my God. You, you see how, see how that, see how that played out You're there? Too good. Yeah, that I, was good. I don't know. I ego, like there's just a couple things that come to mind here. One is like, I always tell people my, my superpower is, is sobriety because in the fitness world, like drinking as you know, is like really bad for recovery. And it's really, really bad. Like if you've been drinking the night before to perform optimally the next day, and I never have to worry about that. Like that's off the table for me. So like, it's a super, I like always think of it as a superpower because anybody that 
like when I was training for my first marathon 20 years ago, I used to like have to not drink on a Friday night so I could do my long runs on Saturday. Now it's like, okay, do I go to bed at nine or do I go to bed at 10? Like, you know, that's (laughs) the question I ask myself on a Friday night. So, so for me, that's one. Uh, And then like, I really got into this whole biohacking thing. Like, like I've got an Apple watch on one arm and a whoop on my other arm. Like I'm, it's like I'm a power ranger. And so, so like always trying to find like ways to optimize my health, like in my diet and my workouts and like, am I training in the right heart rate zone? Am I running in zone three or zone four or zone two? So this is, I'm not sure what you'd call that, but like this kind of bio optimization is also something I'm really into right now and really like enjoying like ways I can hack my, my health and my workouts to like optimize yeah, optimization, optimi- man. Opti- yeah, I was going to say optimize is like <laughs> the word for you, for sure. Like metrics and optimization. So, all right, we got, we, I guess like we got the description. We just don't have the name, which is fine. That's cool. That's cool. That's good. <laughs> good stuff. Thank you, Matt, so much for um, taking the time to be on our first episode back. I'm so excited to share it with everybody because it was so good. And um, yeah, thank you for, for joining us. But more importantly, thanks for being a part of the Fit Fam. We love having you. And for anybody who's tuning in, we look forward to the next episode. Hey, Fit Fam. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Fused Fitness Formula. If you're looking to start making a lifestyle transformation, you can talk to one of the trainers here at Fused Fitness. You can go to our website, www.fusedfitness.com backslash trainer talk. And we will reach out to you once you fill out one of those forms just to learn a little bit more about you, your current habits, your current lifestyle, and what your goals are to provide some basic insight on how you can start making changes today. Again, that's www.fusedfit.com backslash trainer talk to start making some really awesome changes.